0: Howdy, and welcome to the show. Cooper's Code examines a legal issue and hits the highlights so we all achieve the best results for our clients. I'm Miles Cooper, and with today's guest, Hendrick White, Pre-Litigation Manager, we will be discussing being prepared for a prolonged time out of the office, whether scheduled or not. Welcome back to the show, Hendrick. Thanks for having me. So today we're going to be talking about being out of the office for a prolonged period of time. Have you had any recent opportunities to be out of the office for a prolonged period of time?
1: Yes, I just spent almost three months preparing for the bar, which I took last week. Two and a half month course, basically doing that every day for 10 hours. I took Father's Day off. Other than that, I've been out of the office up until yesterday, since May
0: 10th or something like that. So you had what I would describe as a planned long period out of the office.
1: Yes, uh, we planned this for um, four years.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And with that in mind you had the ability to work with your team and the firm to put a number of things in place so that when you were gone, things continued to run smoothly.
1: Yeah, I wanted to just make sure everything was set up for the team, just make sure all the loose ends and all the things that like I've been pushing off for a while, that I had that all kind of tied up right before I left.
0: And on my side, I've had experience on a couple of occasions with injuries, broken collarbone or broken wrist, where I've been taken out of being able to to fully function in the office unexpectedly, and also with our daughter with her cancer experience being sidelined for a prolonged period of time unexpectedly. And so the goal of our conversation here is to talk about how to put some things in place so that whether it's expected or unexpected, it's easy for the office to continue to operate so that one's clients remain well taken care of and the cases continue to do well, even if one is sidelined for some time. Does that make sense? Yeah. You had the ability to plan more. I think I'm going to be prompting you for more of the questions as far as what you put in place, because I think that's where the learning really is going to come from. It's going to come from what successful things you did to lay the foundation for being successful in your time away. So with that in mind, at what point did you start thinking about the things that you needed to do to make sure the team would be able to continue to operate without you being present. How far back did you start doing the work to set that up to be successful?
1: Well, I started thinking about it probably like four or five months before, kind of just starting to think about what what do I need to get done before? I, I knew I was going to leave sometime in mid-May and I was going to have finals to deal with a couple of weeks before that. So I kind of like, okay, I need to kind of reverse engineer what I need to have done here. What do I want done on my end? And what needs to be accomplished to set up the team to be able to be semi-self-sufficient for almost three months going forward? I started thinking about it in in January, February. And then I think around March is when I just started making um, kind of to-do list for myself. I was like, okay, I want to make sure our case list chart All the data is entered. Everything's nice and clean for all my cases, for all the department's cases. That was a big project that I wanted to get done. I've been slowly working on it for a long time, but I was like, okay, I need to really just make sure everything's accurate. And then I wanted to make sure that triple check all statutes that are going to occur when I'm gone. I want to make sure like everyone's aware of it. Multiple people are aware of what needs to be done to preserve that statute. Try to resolve the case, get it filed. Make sure everything um, is docketed and calendared in our um, case management software. And then just kind of laying out my expectations for each person on the team as well. Uh, Like, hey, this is kind of what I want you to focus on in these two and a half months going forward. I think those were kind of the main categories for me. And just making sure that all the big issues for the cases at that time, I had addressed for the case managers or got feedback from you or other attorneys on what we need to do for like complex issues in certain cases.
0: To hone in on one area, can you walk me through, as if I was, say, your case manager, that session that you had with a case manager to help prepare that person for you not being available?
1: I think it was more than one session. I make myself available for an hour for each person on the team every week. So maybe like a month out, we start talking about what needs to happen and what to expect with me gone. Another big category which I should have mentioned was who's going to fill in for my absence, like what I do for them. So getting that organized in the background as well. And then just making sure that everyone's comfortable as best as they can be before I leave with our caseload, with the intakes coming in with our intake manager, just making sure everyone's prepped and feels like, you know, this is going to be successful. And we're going to
0: keep Talking a little bit about how you did that to be successful. One of the things I'm going to point out is that you did it in a way that it was so successful that the department was more successful, closed bigger cases, got better results than when you were there. And this probably isn't the right place to be doing this, but it appears that you made yourself irrelevant. Yeah. So, no.
1: Well, I'll say this about that all those big cases, we made sure we got those demands out before I left. So, you do take credit for those. Well, I would say that um, I'm not taking credit for the resolution, but I made sure that we had all that good to go before I left. Understood. And they just had to do the negotiation.
0: Because sometimes humor doesn't translate without the video as well. I'm giving you a hard time. Yeah.
1: That's how I felt. I get an email from Marianne. Hey, uh, Megan just settled that case for 1025000 I don't know if you're needed anymore. <laughs> like, yeah, maybe not. Uh, I'll go
0: back to reading outlines. So, taking a step back, it does sound like you put a fair amount of groundwork into making sure that key things were put in place so that that flow continued. Yeah. Maybe you can help us understand that a little bit more. Was it checklists? Was it, we talked about making sure that deadlines were calendared. What do you think might have been some of the clutch things that were done?
1: As far as productivity, I think just thinking about just planning out from like January, I'm Like, okay, what cases do I think, how are we going to get demands out? We get demands out. If we can get one demand out every week, 30 to 60 days later, each one of those that went out are going to come to a resolution. So what I wanted to do is I think leading up until when I left, we were at a demand a week. So I just wanted to make sure we got as many demands out and all the cases that had maybe running up on a statute. I want to make sure we got those demands out. Basically, I just tried to set up an end of the year push that maybe we would do try to get as many demands out as we can before, you know, the holiday season when no one really no one's in their office anymore. <laughs> uh, try to do that in by mid May. Just compiled, uh, worked with the with the case managers like, OK, what do you think we can get out? What do you need from me so that you can get those demands drafted and that sort of thing?
0: Normally when you're there, one of the things that you do is review and provide feedback on demands to the case managers, correct?
1: Correct. Yes.
0: Did you have any tool that you put in place, say for example, peer review, to help make up for your not being there to do that that review piece?
1: Yeah. So what we ended up doing, well, the case managers would review each other's demands. And then after it went through, you know, that filter Then it went to, I believe you or Marianne to put the final kind of touches on it and input. So that worked out. And I will say one of the side benefits,
0: and I don't know if the case managers shared this with you, was because they hadn't been doing that kind of work before seeing each other's demands. They started learning techniques that each other were using and they found it beneficial to go through that process. They didn't
1: even tell me that. Yeah, well. It was like frost training. (laughs) This is what happens when you go away. They don't (laughs) talk to you anymore. Yeah, that's great. And uh, yeah, maybe we should do that more often.
0: What I found is, as the person who oftentimes does the more final review for the pre-litigation demands, the quality of what I received after you provided feedback did not suffer in the way that I was a little concerned about with you not being there for that first round of editing. And so I think my feedback on that is the case manager review, what I was referring to as peer review, I thought was a very successful tool that you put in place.
1: Nice. Yeah. I don't know if I could take the full credit for that, but that's the way it worked. (laughs) and i mean the case managers are getting really like every demands their skills are getting so much better in fact like the one that megan settled that was a million plus that was the first one we've had in a long time where you had zero input and we both like celebrated and we're like yes we got one through and he's like i don't need to change anything here
0: that was great it's nice to be able to send a single word email greenlit yeah yeah so we talked about successes as far as that's concerned and i know that you do an hour of time per person per week and there's also typically a pre-litigation weekly meeting those weren't in place in the same way when you were gone and i'll acknowledge that i did do some check-ins but certainly not the same level of check-ins as before how did you prepare your people for being able to roll with the punches or be more independent and still be successful
1: I just talked to him about it and I said, it's going to be a little weird with me on. Miles will be there to help with like the big questions you have, but he's got busy life going too. So both the case managers were great. They were like, we'll make it work. I think that's another really kind of key component is having the right people to, to handle that. They're both really good and intelligent and great writers and they could probably do it on their own. When I did meet with them yesterday, I met with everybody on my team yesterday. One of the first things that each one said was, when are we going to do our case reviews? I think that's a really key component for pre-litigation team for case managers. Not that maybe they need it, but uh, for them, it's just to be able to focus and just talk through stuff. And having that kind of outlet once a week is really helpful for productivity. I think so. We're going to get back to that next week, and they're they're excited for that. That was one component that I couldn't find a workaround for them on that.
0: Going back to one of the things you said about right people, though, we have talked about this on previous podcasts in terms of being set up for success, whether the being out of the office is expected or unexpected, using that Jim Collins notion of right people, right seats, means that if you're not there, you have people who share your values, share your commitment, share your abilities.
1: Is yeah. that fair? Yeah, definitely. I had them send me when the demand went out and a uh, case settled. So I got little check-ins throughout this two and a half months or whatever. And then I sent a reminder email on statutes. We had three cases that had statutes that we were going to run. So other than that, they were, you know, they completely were independent, I guess, from me through that whole time period. So
0: we've talked a little bit about being out of the office in a planned way. We, Coopers, Marianne, and I have had a couple of experiences where we've been out the most significant when our daughter was diagnosed with cancer and we found ourselves very suddenly being placed in the ICU for five weeks down at Stanford and for some some further prolonged treatment. I was able to return to the office after a couple of months, but it was about two months where I was out. And as we talk about lining up the foundation for success, whether it is planned or unplanned, the ability to have the right people, people who you work well with, who can step in and pick up where you left off, is one of those components. The other thing that I will share is as important as one thinks one is in all aspects of work, life, the world. When something like this happens, you find very quickly that you are not important at all, that the world keeps moving. And some of that is having checklists, processes, right people. Those are all the steps that you need, whether you plan on being out of the office, don't plan on being out of the office. Those are the tools that seem to be the foundation for keeping cases moving and keeping the clients well served when something comes up. And the other piece, I would ask you the question, whether it's unexpected or expected, is being willing to accept. And for some of us who are driven and are used to being you know, the type A, I do it all, I do it myself, the willingness to accept help can be hard. To acknowledge that you can't do it yourself. We found ourselves being beneficiaries of that. Our partner stepped up. So did the whole office. So did opposing counsel with one notable exception. There was one person who we had an opposition to summary judgment to in five days after our daughter was diagnosed and we had an asshole of an opposing counsel who was unwilling to do anything. And we had to move the court related to that. But beyond that, everyone was fantastic and supportive And my long lead into a question for you is how did it feel to be asking for help in certain regards in terms of handing it off?
1: I don't recall having too much trepidation about handing it off or getting help, I guess. I was most concerned about after working on tracking data in our our different software systems for over a year plus that I really wanted to make sure that it would still be tracked in the same way. And I was like really most concerned about that, really. We had just had our software for tracking leads. I think we we started that in June the year before. So it hadn't even been a full year yet. I was like, I really just want to make sure we have like a solid one year of data that we can look into later. And I was a little nervous about kind of, I guess it is answering your question. It is, yeah. I had to find, you know, I asked Destiny, our intake manager, to be in charge of all that type of data and kind of give up the reins on that and let her go with it. But I, yeah, I was a little concerned because I was like all that kind of effort to make sure we were getting accurate data and keeping track of it and everything was going in the correct way into the systems. I was now going to just kind of leave it up to other people <laughs> to do, which was, um, yeah, I actually had a, that was one of my biggest worries. And the line
0: that our business coach I think uses is letting go of the fine. And I think there are two fears that I have when it comes to letting go of the vine. One is, is somebody going to screw it up if I let go of it? And the other is, am I irrelevant? Yeah. Right? Because there's that piece too. I'm so important. I got to do this because, you know, nobody else can do it the same way I can. And what you find is a lot of the times it's it's a piece that you can let go of. And it's a piece that can be done very, very well by others. Which then frees you up to do other things.
1: Yeah, and then she did a great job the whole time. I was worried about nothing. Yeah, definitely was a concern. It was hard to pass the uh, baton, I guess, or whatever you call it. Yeah, whatever the phrases for. Yeah, and then getting the emails like, "Hey, your team's doing great without you." You know, that didn't help the steam too much.
0: <laughs> I hope those were taken in the no, jest that they were intended. Yeah, just so. reading
1: anything other than some outline was great.
0: Yeah, so. how did you? deal with the client side of things? Were there any client-facing pieces where you felt it was necessary to communicate with anyone in particular to say, hey, you know what? I'm not going to be here, but you're in good hands. Here's how it's going to go. And if there's an emergency, this is what you do.
1: Yeah, that didn't really come up for me. I don't have too much contact with clients as the uh, pre-litigation manager. It was just making sure that the case managers know that my expectation is you're communicating with the client regularly and Definitely apprising them of any significant change or significant event in the case. And I don't want to come back and have angry clients because no one talked to anybody, which didn't happen at all. The case managers are always in contact with the clients. Yeah. And on our side,
0: being out of the office in an unexpected way, we did reach out to clients and we did let them know what was going on. And the office rallied and we made sure that our clients' cases did not slow down in any way. And... I did still maintain some contact with clients, texting, emailing. There's a lot of downtime in an ICU, even if there's a lot of beeping. So many machines. I felt was important to maintain the continuity with the clients, even though we were out of the office. And and that piece I found was important to help them feel reassured that even while they're compassionate for what's going on, they hired us to do a job and. If we can't do the job effectively, we either need to give the case to somebody else or make sure that we're going to be able to still do the job properly with what's going on in our personal lives. Are there other things that you think we should chat about on this subject so that people have an understanding to lay the foundation to be successful? We talked about checklists, processes, right people. And if you're planning to be out having a clear plan and clear communication beyond that, anything else?
1: Another question, I guess, is what happens when you come back? Yeah. Because that's what I'm experiencing right now, coming back. Yeah.
0: I experience a little bit of awe in terms of the way people come together when something like that happens. So the plan in the unexpected world came together very quickly because we had good people who we worked with. And that includes clients and opposing counsel. They all came together, and I shouldn't omit judges they all came together in a way where the plan was self-evident. It wrote itself because we knew what we had to do and that was to keep our daughter alive. And the corollary additional to that was to make sure that our cases kept moving and our clients got served. And it was pretty straightforward on, I want to need you to do this. I want to need you to do that. I need you to give me an extension judge i'd like a continuance none of those were ever denied and it all came together very well still hard for me to talk about yes
1: yeah, i can imagine
0: Hendrik, as we're recording this you've been back for less than 48 hours yes correct What has the adjustment been like because we've talked about the plan for being out or the lack of a plan for being out there's the return and how have you Prepared for the return, and what has the return been like for you?
1: I finished the last day of the bar eight days ago, and then I did a little trip with my family, and started thinking about oh, what do I do first. Oh, I, I got to put a plan together of how I'm going to re-enter the firm. <laughs> so I've been thinking about that for the past week. You know, the first thing I wanted to do was schedule at least an hour with every single person on my team just to get like a pulse and. Not even talk like cases or work, which it did come up. But my my main objective is like, how are you feeling? How have the last two and a half months been? What things do you need me to help fix or make better? Or um, what kind of changes do you think we need to do? I got a whole list of bullet points for each team member, and I did that all day my first day, which was yesterday. I think I did I had eight hours of meetings yesterday. Wow,
0: wow!
1: Uh, I also met we had a, a new litigation manager, so and I had never met her, so. I did a, a pretty long check-in with her, just getting to know her and talking about stuff that we're going to do in the future together, stuff like that. So that was the first thing. I think my priority was, you know, the people. Next is focusing on cases and what needs to happen. And I had a check-in with Marianne this morning, one of the partners, and I uh, just wanted to get her download on how the last two and a half months went. And I wanted to find out what she needed for me the rest of this quarter what she wants me to focus on and like i know we're gonna be moving and stuff like that like what do you need me to do to help out here new hires stuff like that so i kind of got that behind me now and now i guess it's time to focus on the team again and i need to go through all the data that's happened i guess the the main thing you got to figure out is what what are the priorities i think that's the the first thing you got to figure out when you're coming back yeah what do i want to work on first because if you try to do everything at once nothing gets done yeah yeah uh, you just spin wheels <laughs> yeah so I was like okay i got to figure out what's my plan of attack okay people cases data make a list and let's, let's start knocking this stuff off
0: without putting you too on the spot any jitters in terms of coming yeah. back
1: yeah to see i came back yesterday which is was a thursday so wednesday night around like 10 30 i was laying in bed and i'm like oh god i feel like i'm it's like that first day of school feeling. Uh, I feel like I've been gone so long and I haven't really talked to anybody in the firm other than a couple of emails here and there that I was like, I don't know what to expect tomorrow. <laughs> so yeah, I definitely had the like, first day of school or oh, it's my first day at high school or first day going to a new school or something. A little anxiety, a little jitters. So, you know, you just watch Apple Plus TV until you fall asleep or something, you know?
0: <laughs> well, I will say, We are thrilled to have you back. And while your team ran smoothly, we missed you. And I hope that the jitters were a momentary thing because we certainly don't feel them.
1: Jitters are good. Yeah, it wasn't a bad jitter, but it was more like I was excited. I was ready to come back. And then also a little what's different is I noticed after yesterday, I was like, wow, I don't have to prepare for class right now after, you know, working all day, which was kind of refreshing. I was like, oh, I can go hang out with my son or something. That was kind of cool.
0: Instead of three jobs, work, father, school, you now have yeah, two.
1: I was like, oh, it's six. I can well, we'll just go hang out with the baby right now. I don't yeah. have to like read case law or something. That's know? nice.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, Hendrik, as always, wonderful to have here. Thank you. Thanks for having me, and thank you for listening today. Please email us at podcast at with questions, comments, feedback, and suggestions on how you have planned to be out of the office either expectedly or unexpectedly. Like what you heard? Share us with a colleague and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. To all of you doing justice out there, happy hunting.